second person would have taken the bet Barry Sanders and Matt Millen danced a minuet Folks from the senior center went out for a midnight stroll The night the Detroit Lions won the Super Bowl Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode 30 of the Nonsense Podcast. I can't believe I'm saying that we're at 30 episodes. I really appreciate everybody sticking with us, especially through the first few episodes, which were, uh, you know, very much rough in, in their uh, concept stage. So, um, you know, as, as you've stayed with us, you can see we've, we've matured with these episodes. We've gotten, you know, bigger guests, and it's not just necessarily Adam and I speaking on it. And, um, to, uh, you know, as a thank you for 30 episodes, for listening for 30 episodes, uh, we uh, decided that we wanted to have a big artist on. And um, we, to provide a little bit of background, we had this artist interview, and um, I ended up losing the file from the first interview. So thank you very much, Corbin Giroux of Rarity. Um, Corbin's such a great guy, and he was immediately on board to record another episode after that little faux pas of mine. So um, thank you so much, Corbin. We had a great interview with him. He, um, yeah, walked us through like a lot of cool stuff that he's doing right now, despite, you know, the um, limited ability to do a lot of what is normal for him. Um, he walked us through just the new singles that uh, Rarity came out not too long ago with, which is uh, Worn Down most recently, and then Leave It Alone as well. Um, I put Leave It Alone uh, as the outro for this episode. So uh, if you like that song, go stream it on Spotify, go stream it on your Apple Music and all that other stuff. Um, we also talked about the Silverstein show. They have a show with Silverstein coming up in Canada, and it's going to be a drive-in show. So that should be pretty cool. Um, you know, they're giving the fans what they want, and they're able to perform as well, which I'm sure will just be a nice relief for them as well. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine, you know, having um, your just normal day to day, you know, playing shows, practicing, touring, all that stuff, and uh, just having that, you know, ripped out from under you. So glad to hear the boys are getting back at it and can do what they love again. Um, as well on the episode, I would be uh, forgetful if I didn't mention this. We also talked about a lot of uh, Corbin's solo project that he's working on. If you're interested in learning more about that, you can go to his Instagram. It is at JeruxCW. So that is spelled G-I-R-O-U-X-C-W. Um, you can find him there on Instagram. And I think he has a link to the, um, the OnlyFans, which he is uh, hosting his music for that. So that's pretty cool. I can't wait to uh, hear the album that's supposedly coming out next year. And, um, you know, see how that very much like sizes up to what he's doing in rarity. Um, yeah. And if, uh, as always, if you enjoy the episode, go listen to the other ones and, uh, subscribe. And, um, we also have the nonsense podcast as well. Got to drop that there. It is at nonsense pod on Instagram. You can go find that page and, uh, we'll be having a little bit more content from other interviews and, uh, some upcoming announcements. Enjoy the episode and we'll see you next week.
I saw you guys are playing with what, Silverstein? That's, yeah, h- hence, like, the f- finally getting together and practicing. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's gonna be weird, like, having, like, cars honk at you, like, after you play a song. <laughs> yeah. Beep, beep twice if you liked it. Yeah, and just don't beep at all if you didn't like it. <laughs> Please. Dude, that's, <laughs> that's so awesome, though. Um, where's that gonna be oh. hosted? Um, it's about 20 minutes away from where I live, uh, and where some of the other guys live in Ancaster, uh, just a city near Hamilton. Uh, they always used to have this festival called Festival of Friends, and they would always do it at, like, the Ancaster Fairgrounds, and so it's just this big, huge, like, fairgrounds, um, there's gonna be, like, a, like, a stage is getting built um there's gonna be like it's gonna be really organized for like like cars going in obviously like you can't get out of your car um i've just never done something like this so the inevitable like like how is this all gonna work is like running through my head a lot Mm -hmm. yeah well at least you guys won't be put in the position like um i don't know if you saw the chain smokers they um they had they got got a huge concert Yeah, out in fucking um, Long Island in the Hamptons, and just like people got out of their cars, and it basically ended up turning into like a regular concert. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely not gonna happen here. Especially like this is like the only show that I've heard of, especially in like Southern Ontario for like drive-in stuff. So, and it's Silverstein. Like you know, Silverstein's gonna like make sure everything runs really well, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that your first time playing with them? Um, no. So it's everyone's sort of like different number for playing with them. Because okay. Cole, and, Cole and I were not in the band when uh, Rarity did like their big tour with Silverstein. Um, and then, what was it? We did this festival that Silverstein always holds called Stay Warm Fest uh, in Toronto. So I think that was my first time playing with them like four years ago. Uh, but I think, like, all collectively, this is, like, it's going to feel like a first because mm-hmm. it, it feels like, we, you know, we've had, like, a whole, like, music reset. So maybe today, maybe that the day of that show is going to be, like, the first day of the rest of my life or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just joined, like, about four years ago or so, right? Isn't um, that what you were saying? Or am yeah. I completely off on that? No, you're like you're most accurate. Yeah, it was technically Aaron's like Rain Man. Like, is that killer memory? <laughs> uh, it was New Year's, so New Year's 2016. So the very end of 2016, the very beginning of 2017, uh, Adam and I were at like a New Year's party, and he he looked at me. I was like drinking my bottle of wine. He was like doing <laughs> Adam stuff, and he was like, "Do you want to be in Rarity?" uh sort of just like finally like sealing the deal on it yeah that's awesome man what a way to start the new year just like hey you get this awesome opportunity to join this fantastic band and like leave an impression on it yeah and like i mean i i tried my best to leave an impression we sort of just started writing the longest lonesome like right after i joined so it it was fun because it wasn't like i joined and then we just like you know sat around and did nothing we actually had like something to look forward to and like work really hard on now 
This is a little bit personal of a question, I guess, but were you more so like an addition to the band or did somebody um, leave and they, you know, you were filling up their spot? Um, I think it was sort of a little mix of both. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like it's really easy, like when you're joining a band to always like feel just like an additional part uh, to, you know, keep everything moving. so there was the inevitable like band member leaving scenario and so i did have to fill his spot so in that i was taking over like rhythm guitar stuff i was taking over like secondary vocals like he used to do as well so in that regard i was simply replacing someone but like adam evan and Loden never made it feel like that they always made it feel like no you're just like we're like we're all equal we're all just working towards you know uh you know creating a really cool record so i i was the new guy i was like just a you know a random join because they like knew who i was because we were all friends but it was like it, it, it felt more than that it didn't feel like i was just taking up space or anything yeah and that that's great too um i feel like some people there's a lot of like an expectation that you're going to you know mimic what the last person did and you're just like in addition to it but um i think like incorporating and listening to like what this new person has to say is really what's going to like drive the band forward because yeah like what's you know what's made you guys successful so far is you know that's that's good that's that's what makes rarity rarity but there's also got to be um, you know, the band always grows. There's going to be something different. So, well, Joey uh, from uh, yeah. Inner Own Words, kind of, Joey from Inner Own Words, kind of said the same thing about when he joined in as the new vocalist. He would, you know, yeah. they were like an easy core band, and they were doing like some heavy vocals. That like he even said, like I joined in, and like I wasn't even really doing that. Didn't really know how to take care of my voice and this and that at the time. And like Groof, he like he like made it work, but then you know, then it grew their sound from there into what they became, which is. It's it's definitely when you're coming into someone else's shoes and you're trying to fill it and also change it. It's definitely definitely. It feels like it's a lot more work. It's probably a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, I, I see that. Um, it was a lot. Where I took it from was like I wanted to uh, play the guitar as accurately um, as like Zach did. Um, so I tried my best, like learning his you know things. But where it came to be a little bit different was like vocal wise. Like, I can't scream in the same way that he does. I sing in a different way than him. So it was, like, trying to be as best as I can and as accurate as I can for guitar and then for vocals, sort of just, like, like doing my own thing. Um, and then I feel like when it came to, like, recording, I mean, I was in another band before, so it's inevitable that if you get the guitarist of that band and bring him into, like, a new scenario, it's, like, you're going to hear riffs and ideas and song structures Mm -hmm. that he would have written for like that previous band right so it's like there were those like little like nuances that like they picked up on and they'd be like oh like that's such a downstream riff or something (laughs) and and i was like i mean i was like the guy in that band so that makes sense um yeah it was a very smooth transition for like because i've never joined a band before it was always like starting a band from the ground up so didn't really know what to expect but you know everyone did a good job of sort of making it seamless yeah 
Here, excuse me, guys. One of my neighbors is mowing their lawn, so <laughs> I gotta close my window. <laughs> okay. Aaron, Aaron, I'm like 100% sure we're wearing the exact same shirt in different colors. H&M, baby. <laughs> uh, no, nope, we're not. Mine's polo. <laughs> they look identical. Dude, I, I have a feeling, like, you guys didn't, like, text each other this morning and be like, you got your striped shirt on. You you got stripes on today. No, you know, it just it just kind of happened. Like, initially I had on, like, a black launch, leaving my con. It's way too hot for this. So I took it off, and I was, like, folding laundry at the same time, and this happened to be the shirt on top. <laughs> I, I think it was, like, right when I was joining Rarity was, like, I was wearing so many striped shirts. I don't know how I remember, <laughs> like, this, this point in time, but I remember end of 2016, early 2017 was, like, only striped shirt city. What is your favorite type of shirt? It's probably a random question you've never <laughs> been asked. Um, no, that's why I love it. That's like, <laughs> just pulling it out of thin air. Um, I think my favorite shirt that I have, I got this Patagonia shirt. I've never like got owned any like Patagonia stuff. So that's why it's like big. I finally like balled out, bought a Patagonia shirt and it has like this sick ass pocket in it. It's like an earthy brown color. Dude, we can just turn this podcast into like talking <laughs> about this Patagonia shirt. They I, they make them favorite. different out there. I don't know what they do, but yeah, my Patagonia shirt is probably one of the most comfortable I have, and it's like a hand me down. Somebody just like gave it to me. It showed up at my door once, like I mean, in my my, my parents' house, but not like randomly at my apartment, but like yeah, while I was home at my parents. Some guy put, delivered it the wrong place. And yeah, I just got it. it. And I was like. I'm not going to question this. I'm just going to wear it, and holy shit, it's so comfortable. It's just, like, regular-ass T-shirt. It has the pocket, too. But, yeah, shout-out to Patagonia. Sponsor I love, I yeah. love like, those, like, surf hoodies. They're called, I don't know what they're at. And they're, like, just, like, hooded Henleys, like, the long sleeve with, like, little buttons right here in the hoods. I'll, I'll, I'll wear those all year round every day. Oh, yeah. they're, my, they're my favorite thing in the world. I think my shirt is, like, made out of like 15 water bottles or something it said something like on the tag when i bought it it was like this shirt is made out of 15 water bottles and then i was like okay but like and what else yeah what, right like where's the rest just it's just a plastic shirt it was so like vague i, I needed i was left with more questions than answers by there's like this, them saying that there's this company out of new york city they're called like marine layer they're like they're like everything's like vintage looking. Like I have a hoodie from us pretty awesome. But they're like kind of expensive. But uh yeah. they have like this whole line of clothes. It's all respun shirts. So it's like all shirts they picked up at like Goodwill and respun into new shirts. Yeah. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, that's pretty sick idea right there. Like how Re does that is that like thread by thread? It's just like you unravel it. That must take so much patience. Right. <laughs> and, like, you have to, like, find, like, a bunch of shirts that are, like, the same color and, like, mix them together and kind of deal. It's like, damn, all right. That's some skill like, right there. Over quarantine, my mom made, like, 170 masks. Like, wow. I think on the last one, I told you guys that we, like, built a fence in the backyard. Um, but, like, throughout that, the masks were always happening. And it, that's why I can't imagine like sewing that many things let alone like re-spinning shirts for like yeah. to, to make a sick clothing company it takes too long man yeah well that's probably why they charge so much for like you know what the amount of time and effort we're putting into this you motherfuckers are gonna pay money yeah so and we do <laughs> 
So what kind of projects have you been? It sounds like you've been like busy and quarantined, you know, when you're not playing music or, you know, writing new stuff. Like what else have you been doing? Putting up fences and. <laughs> um, oh, damn. I feel like like the beginning of quarantine was like uh, there's a lot more like projects and stuff going on. Just like doing the the fence, obviously. We were talking about like I wanted to make um, just like a DIY like pedal board. Um, oh. I wanted to sort of just like start working on like a secondary pedal board, maybe for my solo stuff. Um, but that was like a lot of talk when we were still in quarantine. And then we got out and then I'm like, I'm, you know, working full time again. And there's just like, there's no time. So I, I do sort of miss, uh, you know, April and May in the sense of just being able to like, like chill and just do whatever yeah. I want to do. Um, projects. Um, well, dude, let's talk about your solo project. I know we yeah. we didn't get a chance to hit on that um, last time because I know there was still like a lot I guess developing that you yeah. couldn't yet release about that. But I know um, what you have like a, a Patreon set up or whatnot. Yeah, so I made an OnlyFans. Um, I did like a lot of research uh, just to see like what the best platform for like releasing like behind the scenes music stuff, uh, album progress or whatever would be. And so I looked at Patreon, I looked at OnlyFans, I looked at some like smaller uh, companies. And I just feel like OnlyFans was the best like user friendly uh, sort of, you know, company that I could, you know, do like behind the scenes stuff for. Um, so yeah, I released like, uh, uh, like this unreleased song that's gonna come out later this month. And I've been doing like uh, like live versions of songs and stuff. And so people can like subscribe monthly. I've been trying to like put as much like, you know, content into that as I can. Um, I, it, it's like a new thing. It's a definitely like a new thing for me trying to like navigate how like the site works, how to like build my audience. Um, but yeah, basically, I know my solo album isn't going to come out and for like another year, another year and a half. So I thought that was like a good outlet to sort of like, like follow me on, on the journey until the album does come out. Yeah. Um, how does this compare to your work with Rarity? Is it different at all? Is it like complete opposite? Um, just the essence of like creating solo music versus rarity is that or just like, yeah and that and um i guess in terms of just like general sound as well um well i guess the main difference is i'm the only opinion for my solo music mm. it's like if i want to write a song in 10 minutes and then just call it a day that song is done like i can do that right yeah. Um, same, same deal with like, if I'm, if I'm going to do like a, a live band, it's more so just like, like hitting my friends up being like, Hey, do you want to do like this live show? Um, obviously the 2020 is not included in that, but, um, doing like a full band solo thing is very much just asking my friends if they want to do it when in rarity, we're like, we're all in the band. It's not like we're yeah. like touring musicians or something. Um, and I guess the overall sound, like the, like rarity is like a, a pit bull and like my solo yeah. music is like a, like a little Bichon Frise. 
<laughs> I like that description. Um, have you ever been able to play some of your music live as a solo artist, whether it be like from, you know, the work that you're going to be publishing next year or just in general? Have you ever yeah. played? Yeah. Um, it was actually uh, that my old band downstream was just breaking up in 2017 mm -hmm. and I you know, I, I wanted to tour. We all, anything we had like planned got canceled. So my first, uh, solo tour I did summer of 2017. Um, I hit up my friends in a band called Goldfinch. Uh, I was like, do you guys want to like organize a tour this summer? They had already booked like a two week tour out to the East coast of Canada and back. And they let me just hop on that. Wow. So that was like, that was the, my first solo tour I did. Uh, then after that, I've, I've done like a tour with uh, Rare Candy uh, and then did a tour with Safe Bet. And then I did a tour with my friend Luke from the UK. That was like the full band tour that I finally did this past November. I think I think that's it. I haven't been able to like do a crazy amount of tours because it's always like piecing it in between like whatever rarity has going on at the mm -hmm. time. That's cool, though. You're definitely staying busy, it sounds like. Like, there's no real fall off on that. If you're you're either working with Rarity or you're, you're doing your own thing. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. You guys, yeah, too, with Rarity, you. too, since the last time I spoke to you, you guys put out uh, another new song, Worn Down. Yeah. yeah. So Leave It Alone was out when we talked the first time, and mm -hmm. then yep. Worn Down had yet to be released. Was that? Right. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. about a, a month from now, I think, or uh, a month ago. Mm -hmm. It was the it was when I saw you guys put out the new song. I was like, "Yes, Aaron made a mistake. We can talk again." <laughs> so now we yeah. can add in the new song. <laughs> yeah, see the mistake, or not even mistake, but the the incident. We'll call it the incident. <laughs> we'll call it, incident. I'll call it. We'll call it the happy incident. Yeah, because it, it gave us this wonderful opportunity to talk more and again. Yeah, uh, <laughs> silver linings, man. Um, yeah, that was that was a cool song. Um, I think it's great. I think it's great that like. Loden, our singer, created it entirely on his own. Um, New Damage, you know, wanted us to do another song. We wanted to do another song. It's very, very mutual. No one was doing anything. So, yeah, Loden just recorded it with our producer, Sam, just like them two. And they came out with, like, feel like a track that, you know, feel like every song that we put out sounds like Rarity. And I'm biased because I'm in the band. But it, it was like a different feel of rarity. It was, you know, a calm, stripped back rarity for once. That was one right. of the things I was wondering that I actually like wrote down as a question because I was like, worn down is definitely different. Like, it, you know, you can tell this is a different song from what you guys normally do, but it still fits into the overall portfolio very well. Um, so it's good to have background on that and how that was written. I was always wondering, like, you know, where did that start for you guys? But um, I guess that brings me to my next question. You know, how does the songwriting process usually hash out for you guys? Is it there any like one person who has the most, uh, I guess, responsibility or influence? Or is it just, you know, from all sides? Um, if you ask Adam, he would say that he would like point his finger towards me. And <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, but I'm not going to say that cause that's not entirely how it is. Um, I write a lot of songs, but whether or not those songs make it on the record, like that's another thing. My thing is like, 
over quarantine, I wrote like 10 new rarity songs. Uh, I demoed them wow. all out with the guy that I uh, do like my solo stuff with. And I just sent the whole like, you know, pretty much like album to to them. And it's basically for everyone to just like listen through, see what songs they like. And so out of that, you know, they can pick, uh, you know, the few like standout tracks or stuff. Um, yeah, this year has been sort of weird because like Loden will write stuff on his own. Evan Cole will write stuff on their own. Uh, and like, same with me. And so it's, it's a lot of like us doing stuff on our own, bringing it together to the studio. And then it sort of finally finding itself, like the song sort of will always just naturally find itself in the studio. Um, yeah, Longest Lonesome was uh, a little bit different, too, because, like, we had, uh, what was it? We got together a lot in 2017. I've just joined. We wrote about, like, maybe four or five songs together, and then the rest of the album was all conceived in the studio. Um, so, yeah, it's, like, it, it's a big collaborative effort. Um, everyone does things in their own way, but it always ends up working out in the end. It always feels yeah. like like chaos but it's like organized chaos once it comes down to okay like we actually have to record something now That's when it comes awesome. to the lyrics do you all like contribute lyrically or is that all just done by Loden? um so i hope i said his name right by the way no Loden, you got it yeah uh right. so for i couldn't be weaker the album uh cole and i were not a part of uh Loden did the majority of the writing with like Evan, Zach, um, and Adam sort of like throwing in like some like lyric ideas. Uh, for Longest Lonesome, Loden and I sort of split it 50-50. Um, so half of the songs that you're listening to on that record are sort of like lyrically me and then vice versa, half are lyrically Loden. Um, I think for this new, this new record, um, it's gonna be like mostly Loden lyrics. Um, I just I, I know he's been writing a lot of good stuff and sometimes you have to know like when to like uh, sort of step back um, and I feel like that's just like what I want to do I want to focus more on just like the actual like songs this time and yeah I know Loden has like tons of good lyrics that he's like hashing out so I feel like with Longest Lonesome being like 50-50, this one will probably be more like 80-20, but it'll be like a, a good 80-20. It'll, it'll work yeah. out. Yeah. Now, here's a question. Um, when you are writing lyrics, do you feel like you're writing it, I guess, from your own perspective, or do you think you're writing it for more so like you know, everybody in the band or like a larger group. I know a lot of people will write lyrics. I think Adam can attest to this too, that are very personal to you. And um, like eventually, like, you know, most people like the band in the band will know, but uh, beyond that, it may be more just so like in, you know, an internal thing, but, um, or do you feel like you're writing from the perspective of everybody when like for lyrics specifically? Um, I think I used to do the first I, I like the very personal thing. I mm -hmm. I used to do that a lot. Um, that was pretty much all I did, and it's like I I still do because it's a net. It's hard not to write a song that's personal to you. My yeah. whole thing is just like 
Um, if a song gives me goosebumps, then the song did a good job. So I always try to like find moments in, in songs and stuff, whether it be a lyric or like a really like, like crystal clear, beautiful melody or something um, to have those moments in the songs. And with that, it was a lot of like writing about personal stuff. And so to answer your question, yeah, like I, I do that, that I don't think that's ever going to change. Um, but recently I have been trying to write about things other than like my own experiences. Um, like I wrote a song about, uh, I don't know if you guys know the show community. Uh, mm-hmm. so I wrote like a song on what it was like for their everyone's first day at like at Greendale. Um, but it's like, and then I wrote a song about Lord of the Rings, but the thing with that, is you and I, I get along very well. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to challenge myself because it's like, it's always writing about, uh, you know, me like feeling shit or something. It's like, I feel that I, my girlfriend always says like, um, it's hard for you to like write like like happy songs and it's like you know that that's that's true so that's why I wanted to try to like branch out a little bit um but the real challenge was like writing a song about community but make it so like if you're listening to it you have no idea that that the song is about community Mm -hmm. and yeah so that that was like a little cool like quarantine challenge to get me out of my like like lyric comfort zone i guess i've been doing like i kind of try to do the same so like even if it's not about me like i do it more in a way of like i try to make not like make it about me but like make it personal so like i'll put myself like in like different shoes so like uh i was doing this thing for my uh my friend's project he's doing called astoria and i did vocals for it and like it sounds like there's like really personal song that i wrote about myself it's not Mm -hmm. i was I wrote it about Prince Zuko from Avatar. <laughs> watching it at the time, so I was yeah. like, I like put I like put myself like in Zuko's shoes and like wrote the song. So like it still sounds like it's about me and personal, but it's not. And then like we have a new song we're doing, which is why so we might get along. That all the lyrics are about the movie Rear Window. But, Never uh, heard of Rear Window. It's a great old Neither Alfred Hitchcock I. movie. <laughs> I recommend okay. it to everybody. If you if you like Hick, if you like Alfred Hitchcock, I definitely recommend looking up Rear Window. But I wrote it about okay. that. But the cool. whole the whole like metaphor is like a euphemism for don't let life pass you by, which is like kind of what the movie does. So it's it's like cool, like you said though, like put yourself like to challenge yourself and put yourself into not just writing about how you feel. Make yourself like a fly on the wall. I feel yeah. like that that's like a if you put yourself in like that lens for a minute, it like, you can come up with some like really cool stuff because it's, you basically become like a narrator for whatever you want to write about. Right. It's it's really cool. But like you said something too, like one of my favorite quotes is uh, Anthony from Bayside. They asked him one day, like if he could write any happy songs and his response was the day I stop liking myself or the day I start liking myself is the day I stop having a career. (laughs) <laughs> yeah geez. so it's just so it's just it was just like you said that your girlfriend's like you have a hard time writing happy songs that's immediately what i thought i was like yeah no i know that feeling yeah i think that's a, like oh sorry go ahead uh i was probably just gonna say something about like like poo or pee so like no you're <laughs> you're, you're you're good you, you take the floor 
about the poo-poo uh, pee-pee. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, I feel like musicians being that um, music's just, it, it provides a lot of instant gratification, but, um, you know, we're always looking to, like, improve, and we're always looking for, like, the next biggest hit or, you know, to write, like, the next biggest song. Like, at a certain point, and especially, you know, for you, Corbin, um like this is you know your career so like you're you're always looking for like to level up i'm sure on these you know things and it it's tough it's like imagine trying to be every single day better than like the last but you know how it, it doesn't always work out that way so i think musicians feel a lot of like i wouldn't say like as extreme as like self-loathing but just something like damn like why can't i you know be better like what can i do to like be better than this so I feel like that's why a lot of, you know, heavy, successful music just comes out of that, that kind of uh, idea or like, you know, uh, line of thinking. I'm not sure if that's like, if I hit that at all, or if I... <laughs> no, <laughs> I no, I, I think you hit it. Um, I mean, I want to listen to a song that, like, moves me. Like, I can, like, I want to listen to a song where I can tell it's not just like, made for the sake of like fulfilling like a contract um and also you mentioned this is like my career i want to like i feel like it's not like entirely my career because i still like i still do have like a full-time job that i do um and i sort of consider like both to be my job like i consider you know Mm -hmm. rarity to be like the creative you know uh job that i have I consider like my work in the kitchen to be like my love of making food. And then I consider like my solo music to be fully just like, this is my creative zone and this is Mm -hmm. where I just get to have fun. That's sort of where I would like the like Bermuda triangle of like (laughs) the the three things uh, that I consider myself okay or like not bad at. Um, But yeah, for like what you were saying, like, it's always great when a song uh, comes from a place of just like catharsis. Like it, it, it's sort of, it's nice when I can listen to a song and just the meaning and like the emotions come across very easily. And I don't have to do like a lot of like uh, dissecting, but I do like, I'm like going on a tangent, but hear me out. So it's like, uh, good when a song is like very emotive and like I can tell that right away but Mm -hmm. also the thing that I love uh also is like easter eggs and songs like where you know you have to you have to listen to the song like 10 times before you like uh and you'll like hear something different like each time um there's so many ways to create cool songs like it's so much more than just like uh Oh, you have to have three choruses in your song. You have to have, uh, you know, this is this is the formula right here. It's like, you know, like, who cares about the formula? Like, the best songs that I've ever heard haven't necessarily even had choruses. They've had, you know, just weird things that other people would say no to, or that's not, like, musically correct. It's like, it's music, like, everything is correct if you want it to be. It doesn't have to all be like the same like cookie cutter formula every single time. Oh, for sure. And I feel like some people, you know, in modern times too, may feel forced. Like you're like, all right, 
we need like three three verses, like two choruses, something like intro, outro, you know, something that'll get us, you know, radio play or whatnot or streams. But it's like I think really what's gonna end up uh, you know, coming out of all of this and just like the mass production of a lot of music is unique music, things that don't follow necessarily like the structure we're used to. Something that's gonna like you'll listen to it and you'll be like, Oh shit, like this is different. This is way different than anything like I've been listening to. And um, sure. yeah, I've found myself like listening to some uh I couldn't call anybody out right now, I don't think, like off the top of my head, but I was listening to some like songs just kind of dissecting them and be like, Oh wow, like they didn't just go from like the chorus back to like a verse again. It was just like they're like, we're going to add, you know, a heavy riff here or something like that. And I, I, I think people appreciate that a lot, just having some sort of uniqueness. I think, uh, I think a lot like Birds was always really, really good at, like, creating, like, chaos. But at the same time, like, you can always, like, you can, at least for the most part, like, know where you are in mm-hmm. the song. But they didn't. They never cared about like uh, like choruses all the time. Like their most recent album, yes. But it's just like I like bands like that where they don't really care about anything other than you know what sounds cool to them. And I feel like the Menzingers are like that too. Yeah, like, yeah. That's like you another... turn around, like you, you listen to like them, and they turn around. And they got songs like uh, After the Party, which are like your you know your typical formulatic uh punk song then they turn around and they have the bars which is like this like really like mellow almost country-esque mm-hmm. song and they flow so beautifully together yeah oh um going to like that question from before like the difference between like rarity and solo i just thought of yeah. like, another thing when i write like a, a solo song it doesn't really have to go through like a structure process where we like make it like turn it from a skeleton into the real thing it's basically like the second I have something done and written, it becomes the song. For Rarity, it's a lot more like we do like to focus on structure because I feel like with Rarity, it's a lot more like polished songs than just like my solo work. So it's like good to have that structure and also five opinions, like as mm-hmm. opposed to one changes things a lot. Um, so yeah, the song definitely goes through like a more of like a like a Brita filter. Uh, yeah. until it becomes like it's crystal pure clearest form that we all love and enjoy that's cool i was also wondering too do you do most or all of the instruments for your solo project because i feel like that would uh really influence how that all turns out as well like going to your point where like there's a you know like i'm assuming even with the solo project people who are uh involved with that may have a little bit of influence on that um yeah uh so i it's all me um cool i haven't done like a a full band record yet so uh, up until now it's just been like layered guitar parts and stuff but like any harmonies or melodies or like leads or stuff if like you go uh into like the discography it's like it, it it's just all me i i've always wanted just like a like full creative control and with just you know having that you know it it helps allow me to like express that but also the good thing is like I don't want full creative control all the time I like having like the different outlets of 
being a team player in like a band setting, um, being like just a, a lyricist in like this other like project that I have, or just doing all the creativity stuff in like the solo work. I think it's good to do a bunch of like uh, different things, not stay confined to like the same dynamic all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and plus you can get like different opinions as well, or just from a learning perspective too. Um, I know definitely joining a band helped me learn way more things than I would have otherwise just, you know, kind of been jamming by myself. And I think if I were to ever, you know, really go ahead and start uh, working on some of my own stuff, like I would carry those influences over just like knowing that like, hey, I really liked what, you know, my one friend did in this band back then. Like, I think I should, you know, try to incorporate it in this way. So, yeah. Yeah. Just wearing off on you. (laughs) Yeah. I think Rarity helped me um, like be more of a team player because uh, before it was like I always wanted to be like the the like the head elephant of, of writing and just uh, Rarity sort of like made me realize that hey there's like four other people with four other opinions and thoughts and feelings and so it helps me be more of a team player and I feel like just being in a band with Adam, he's like helped me out so much regarding like booking my own stuff for my solo stuff, uh, helping me just just things that I wouldn't think of for like being a, like a solo artist as well. So yeah, Adam helped me a lot out for uh, helped me out a lot for like the business side of stuff. He like he he's taught me a lot of things, so I can actually you know do my own thing with you know not always having to be like hey adam like what do i do about this like how how would you do what would you do in this situation um yeah yeah there's been a lot of pros uh to rarity that go uh, like beyond just writing a song absolutely and here's a pretty heavy hitting question that i just thought of how do you think your life would be different if you hadn't joined rarity Oh my god! <laughs> I guess I, I don't even I don't think about that because yeah. like um, I'm still gonna answer it. I guess it's just gonna uh, take a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I basically I was in university from 2013 to 2015. Okay, so. Um, moral is we don't have to figure out timeline or i'm just or i'm just gonna be looking at my hand for like half an hour um so i was in university right before rarity um and i joined rarity and then we just like started writing a full-length record and then we started touring and then we went overseas and it's just like thing after thing after thing and i was like so stoked so if i had never joined rarity i probably I don't know. I might've gone back to school. Um, I might've, I definitely like would have joined another band. Um, mm-hmm. especially cause like that was right around the time of like another one of my bands like ending. So yeah, it's weird thinking about the whole, like, you know, uh, domino effect or like butterfly yeah. effect or whatever. Like if I didn't join, uh, if I didn't join, uh, 
rarity now, like this other thing wouldn't have happened, which wouldn't have led this thing to happen. And so, yeah, I don't know. Some, my life could have gone like, you know, a few different ways. Maybe I would have like moved out at like 21 as opposed to like staying at home. That's another thing because I could never afford to move out because I was like always touring. Yeah. So if I wasn't in rarity touring, I, maybe I would have moved out at 21. So that's one of the crazy things I've always wondered about like bands that are, you know, in your position that tour very often. I'm like, there's no reason for you to have like an apartment or like a permanent place just yet. If you're in your twenties, like that's because you're like never going to see it and you're just going to be paying for it. I mean, I don't tour it. I'm still 27 living home. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) dude, it's just like everyone has their own, you know, their their own route we're all just like, mm-hmm. trying to navigate things on our own way um mine's more than had a reason to move out so <laughs> yeah exactly um like i got pulled over by a, a cop for speeding like a, a couple months ago and he asked me how old i was i was like oh i'm, I'm 24 um uh he was like where do you live all this stuff he uh, I was like, we're on my street. Like, I live down the street. He was like, oh, you live at home still? And, like, stuff like that. And he was, wow. like, sort of making fun of me. Yeah. And wow. so I don't know if that, like, like is the reason why I'm, I'm like, moving out at, like, uh, this year. Um, but I, I feel like when a cop insults you, it's like, I don't know. That, like, that sucked. So, like, fuck that guy. Yeah. But, um, it depends, though. Yeah. Like, my cousin's boyfriend's a cop, and he still lives home. He's making money, and he's yeah. just living home because it's easier. How the yeah. tables have turned. Yep. <laughs> so tell that cop to go suck it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so I don't know how that's going to work because I'm, like, obviously we're still not going to tour for a while. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm moving out at the end of this year uh, with my girlfriend and our other friends. So it'll be, like, three of us in the same house. And yeah, I didn't really, I'm not really thinking about if it's going to be hard or not to like manage that when like touring is happening again, but we'll, we'll tackle that when we have to tackle yeah. that. I'm, I'm more so just focused on like, you know, NFL starts next week and I'm going <laughs> to move, move out this year. Those are like the things that I can like completely count on right now. A tour, I don't know. That'll. Uh, I'm a Lions fan. Oh my god, <laughs> we're gonna have to. We're gonna. We're gonna have to reevaluate this uh, little friendship here because I am a Green Bay fan. Are you serious, man? I like. <laughs> there's not a team that I hate more than the Packers. I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess like, but I don't want to go into that because then we'll end up not liking each other. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll pretend we don't know who who our favorite teams are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess I hate Aaron Rodgers. I you hate... know what though? At least you're not a Bears fan, dude. I I don't know. I I don't have any really. Honestly, I can't even be mad at at, at the Bears because it's like they have a solid defense, and you know I I don't even care about the Bears like you know beating us ever. I I t- I can take people talking shit on the Lions. It's just like. Aaron Rodgers is like the biggest asshole in the world. See, it's coming out, and like I can't, <laughs> I can't do it. But I don't know. Uh, 
is the whole mixed Trubisky starting thing still up in the air, or is like I, he... I mean, they got they got, they got Nick Foles. I would start Foles over Trubisky any day of the week, but yeah, yeah, Trubisky had a, a rough season last year. <laughs> yeah, the Lions though, like Matt, Matt Patricia. I mean, he's a he's a good coach, and I think he'll I think he'll definitely whip them into the shape he needs. He just had a lot of things going against him that last year, yeah. injuries and just you know new players. Yeah. I'm turning your podcast into like NFL time. Yeah, I'll do that. Fine. I was just gonna ask you, like, we're gonna get real meta here, and um, I don't know if you listened to part of my take by like Barstool Sports, but um, oh man, great podcast! If you if you love football, um, they these guys go ham for football. One of them is from Chicago originally, and he's a big Bears fan, and like all last year, he was just suffering. For through like the season because Mitch yep. just sucked, and then um, they have another host as well who's a uh, I'll call him the, the Washington football team fan. So like it's it's pretty funny. They they provide some great perspectives, but that's like how I started getting back in um, in the NFL because I'm I'm a big like MLB guy. I watch a lot of that, but like once the season's over, and if the season ends early for my team, I'm like. Fuck, I don't want to watch sports right now. But then, like, you're you're just mad because your team relies on Cam Newton at the moment. Hey, I'm a Patriots fan. <laughs> oh no, another team you can hate, <laughs> I, dude. I literally, my two most hated teams are the Patriots and the Packers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you can hate the Bucks now. I mean, like, Tom's on another team, so. <laughs> yeah, it sucks because, like, I just hate Tom Brady too. Um. <laughs> But it's like I love the duo of like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans together. Um, they are so, so they are very good. So I'm sure I'm sure he'll make them thrive. But yeah, dude, I, I don't know. I like did the draft last weekend. Um, it just feels good. It feels like some sort of like like normality is about to happen. I'm gonna yeah. be booking my Sundays off. Have my 11 hours in like on the couch all ready to go <laughs> i should have hit you up to fill out my fantasy league it's like me uh some one of the dudes from goalkeeper and a couple other bands we we're like looking for somebody i ended up putting a friend of mine and i should hit you up oh dude who uh who from goalkeeper mark yeah yeah mark nice um yeah i mean i've always wanted to do like a second league so uh we'll we'll keep it in mind for the future if uh, yeah, it ends up yeah. working out Awesome, then we get then we get then we get trash talk each other all season long about Green Bay and the Lions. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, I think uh, I think coming up on time. So um, cool. I, I do want to say uh, I, I do really appreciate you coming back on first of all, and um, I think at the at the intro of this episode, I'll I'll fill everybody in on it. But uh, yeah, if you're listening now. I basically fucked up and lost the interview file from last time. So Corbin's amazing for coming back on. I, I really appreciate it, man. Um, of course. And it's always great catching up, too. Like, you always have cool stories or, you know, some awesome insight to provide. And um, I think people are really going to enjoy having that perspective. Thank you. Some people just think I'm weird. So <laughs> so I'm like, I'm glad. I'm glad that you like it. That's awesome. It feels good. But um, I wanted to wish you the best of luck on your solo project coming up. I know there's still like a lot sure, to yeah. uh, 
you know, a lot in progress right now, but it sounds like it's really fleshing out and, um, you, you know, you're going to come to the realization that like, holy shit, like I got my own solo album out soon. So that's, that's pretty cool, man. It'll happen one day just slowly, but surely little money by little money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Hey man, you be well, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if you guys have Labor Day up there in Canada, but uh, enjoy yep, the day off Monday. tomorrow if you have it. Um, no, I'm going to be working, like, I'm basically closing tonight, then working all day tomorrow, then working on Labor Day, and then, because our Labor Day is on the Monday. Oh, yeah. oh shit, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. It, today's Saturday, wow. <laughs> yeah, Aaron's so, losing it. So yeah, lots of uh, lots of work, but I have Thursday and Sunday off for the first uh, NFL games. That's all that awesome. matters. I'll work any other day. Who cares? Great, dude. Yeah, yeah. man. So enjoy your day off, and um, yeah, thanks for coming on. Okay, uh, I will. Uh, I will press the red button. I will see you guys, and yeah. Be well. Uh, I hate both of your teams so much. I <laughs> they're like useless, useless, stupid. Okay, see you guys. Bye. Later, too. <laughs>